Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Roddy will be teaching from the book of 1 Samuel, chapter 17. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. You've been to Eli Valley with us? Raise your hand, been to Israel. Okay, the Eli Valley, every time we go to Israel, as a matter of fact, I will tell you, there is a trip being planned to Israel January. And uh, so when we take our trips to Israel, we generally, if we have time, we stop. We usually stop and we tell the story there in the Eli Valley of David and Goliath. And I told you, I think I told you in the past that uh, when you go to various sites in Israel, uh, you can always tell the Bible teaching churches. Uh, particularly when you go to, uh, you know, the Elah Valley, you can tell the Bible teaching churches because you see all the people are collecting rocks because they know what the Bible has to say. I told you that I collect rocks every time I go there because they make cheap gifts. And um, <laughs> it's true, I'm just telling you. And I, I usually pick them up and then I bring it back and I tell people, I make it a big dramatic thing, you know, I'm like I picked up this rock. And as I chose this rock, I thought of you. So here, take it. It's from the Holy Land. Oh, really? It's like, you know. So I usually bring them back. And and you know the Bible teaching churches because some people's luggage is really heavy because they got like a lot of rocks in them. They didn't buy any gifts, but they bought a lot of rocks. They got a lot of rocks. So verse 1 tells us the Philistines encamped between Soko and Azekah. Got a pen? Zoko means hedged in or fortified. Azeka means to fence in. And you can write that in your margins if you want. And specifically, they are in the area of Ephaz Demin. Ephaz Demin means the boundary of blood. The boundary of blood. And possibly because many battles were fought there. So what we have here is two armies, and both armies are on high ground. And in the middle of the brook that only has water in rainy seasons, this is where David got the five smooth stones. So get the scene. We have one army on the left, one army on the right, and in the middle is a valley, and which verse 1 tells us belongs to who? Judah, which means it belongs to who? God. In verse 4 through 7, we have a description of Goliath and his armor. And this is the most in-depth description of a warrior's armor in the Bible which helps us to better understand the Philistines were famous for their metallurgy, which means working with iron. Verse 4 tells us they went out, there went out a champion. Now in the original Hebrew, this means one who stands in the middle. The idea is that two armies would stand out or send out their best warrior. And instead of facing off with the armies, the best warriors would face off. So the champion is the one who came out to stand in the middle. Now, how can you read this verse and not think of 1 Timothy? I've got it for you on the screen. 1 Timothy 2.5. For there is one God. Is it there? 
Come on, read it with me. For there is one God and one mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus. So the mediator or the champion for the Philistines is Goliath. And the mediator or the champion for the Christian is who? Jesus. The name Goliath means heap or obstacle. He was an obstacle and he was a heap. The Bible tells us Goliath height is six cubics and a span. Now, depending on your cubic, he was at least nine feet, six inches tall. And don't misunderstand, this isn't a 10 foot skinny guy. This is Shaq on steroids. (laughs) This is a 10 foot Arnold. This is a tree trunk. Well, you might remember when Abraham came into Canaan, there were Rephidims and Ammonites and Anakins. And when Joshua kicked out the Anakins, a few of them found refuge in the city of Gath. And Goliath is from the city of Gath. The Bible tells us in the other Canaanite cities, there were giants. Uh, There were 13 to 14 feet tall giants. So Goliath, get this, is only 9, 6, 10 feet. (laughs) Goliath is a small giant if there be such a thing. He's a small giant. Now, remember the children of Israel came back from Kadesh Barnea. Those of you that have been attending Calvary Chapel, you know this. The children of Israel came from Kadesh Barnea. And Moses sent the 12 spies, and they came back 40 days later with a good report that the land, the promised land, was filled with grapes and grapes the size of bowling balls, and their eyes got big as saucers when they saw the grapes. And the spies said, the land is awesome, flowing with milk and honey, and the grapes and the pomegranates, but they said, there's only one problem. Pastor Moses said, yeah, what? They said, there are these huge giants in the land, Anakin's in the land, and they're so big we look like grasshoppers next to them. And remember the story? God was bugged. It's the only one tonight. It's the only one tonight, I promise you. It's the only one. Because they didn't believe his promises. But Joshua and Caleb, it just tells me you're listening. Joshua and Caleb were excited, and they said, yeah, let's take the lamb, remember? So Goliath is a member of one of those families remaining in Gath. Second Samuel tells us that he had four brothers. Imagine Goliath has four brothers. Imagine feeding these boys. Imagine them going through their terrible twos. Now let's look at the armor. He had a bronze helmet. Look, come on, look at your Bibles in verses 4 through 7. He had a bronze helmet. That helmet probably weighed about 25 pounds. Often we see Goliath's helmet. It looks like iron, like in movies and stories and children's stories. But actually the Philistine helmet was more like what you see up on the screen. It was more feathered with a leather strap around the chin. He has a coat of mail, which was bronze plates. It was like these bronze plates Upon plates, upon plates, upon plates, attached to the back of it was this um, leather backing. So when you stack these plates and continue to put these plates side by side on it, it would make the shield look like fish scales. The coat of mail weighed 5,000 shekels of bronze. That would be 175 to 200 pounds. That's a heavy coat. Bronze armor on his legs or shin guards. Bronze javelin. The javelin was probably eight feet, two inches long that went down his back. He carried a spear. The spear head weighed 25 pounds. Look at verse 7. 
It tells us the shield bearer was running ahead of him with a full shield. This is a big, intimidating warrior thudding out to fight Israel. I think of this guy by the name of Dr. Vladimir Berginger. Berginger. Dr. Vladimir Berginger. And he is a neurologist at the Beersheba University in Israel. And he believes that Goliath suffered from acromeglia or acromegaly, acromegaly, acromegaly. This is a condition of excessive secretion of the growth hormone. People who want to discount the story of David and Goliath often say that Goliath suffered from acromegaly. But the only problem with that position is that people who have this disease often have arthritis. And if you're in the medical field, you know this. They often have arthritis. They oftentimes require a a wheelchair. Nowhere in this story does it say that Goliath rolled out. (laughs) Say amen, saints. I'm working. He didn't roll out. They also suffer with tunnel vision. Because a tumor is pressing on the optic nerve. So I don't think that Goliath had this condition to explain his size. Do you know the name Robert Wadlow? Robert Wadlow is recorded in the Guinness World Book of Records as the tallest man to have ever lived. He is also known as the Alton Giant or the Giant of Illinois. He was 8 feet 11 11.1 inches tall and he weighed 439 pounds at his death. His shoe size was a 37 triple A. At 13, his shoe size was, um, no, at 25, his shoe size was a 13. At four years old, he was taller than his mother. In kindergarten, he was five feet, 10 inches tall. In kindergarten, he was taller than me. (laughs) Now, that's not that hard to be, but in kindergarten, that's kind of strange. He died, get this, of an ankle infection from leg braces and blood transfusions. He was buried in a 10-foot coffin, and they had 12 pallbearers. As you read Goliath's armor, I want you to compare it to David's spiritual armor. David's armor was much better than Goliath's armor. Saints say amen. (laughs) Goliath had a bronze helmet. David had the helmet of salvation. Goliath had a coat of mail. David had a breastplate of righteousness. Goliath had a sword, but David had the sword of the spirit, which is the what? Word of God. You know that. David had the whole armor of God. Look at verse 8. Goliath chose a man, said, choose a man for yourselves and let him come down to me. And you got to wonder what a guy this tall's voice was like. Think about it. He's walking out, thud, thud, thud. He takes a warrior's stance. I don't think he sounded like P.B. Herman at that point. If he did, that'd be really funny. I don't think so. I'm confident his voice echoed, and I get the impression that his voice was intimidate, intimidating as he was because in that culture, you would choose your best warrior to fight. So he says, I'm a Philistine, and you are the servants of Saul. Choose a man and let him come down to me. So Goliath Listen to that. Read your Bible. Let him come down to me. So that tells us that Goliath is down in the valley. He's not up on the mountain anymore. Everyone else is up on the mountain and they're scared like little rabbits. Notice the condition, he says. Let's settle this in a civilized manner. 
If we fight and I kill your warriors, you'll be our servants. If we fight and you kill me, then we'll be your servants. Fair enough, fair enough. Our second point, we've already read it, the hero in verses 12 through 27. Now listen, the real giant in the story is David. Write that down. The real giant in the story is David. Just as the spirit came on David to rescue the spirit, spirit emptied Saul in chapter 16, so we see the faith-filled David coming to save the cowering, faithless Saul in 17. Saul is Israel's giant. Saul is about seven feet tall. The people of Israel are thinking, if our giant ain't fighting, we ain't fighting either. If our giant's afraid, we have every reason to be afraid. And we know the spirit of the Lord has departed from our giant because it, it departed last week. Remember, they have every reason to be afraid. Now get the scene. Jesse is old, and his three oldest sons, Eliab, Abinadad, and Shammah. And notice the Bible tells us they had gone to follow Saul. I think that's very telling. They followed Saul, but David was following the Lord. Verse 14, David was the youngest and the Three oldest followed Saul. Verse 15 tells us David would often go and check on the sheep. Now remember the last chapter, Saul anointed king as David. The Jewish rabbis tell us, and I don't know if I told you this last week, but the Jewish rabbis tell us that when Samuel anointed David as king, that Samuel leaned over and whispered in his ear, Thou art the king of Israel. And you can imagine his brothers were saying, what do he say? What do he say? What do he say? And David would say, oh, nothing, nothing, nothing. What do he say? What do he say? Oh, I'm just a king. I'm just a king. Nothing. Really, don't worry about it. Nothing. So after Samuel anointed David as king, David went back to keeping the sheep. Are y'all getting this? He went back to keeping the sheep and playing the guitar for Saul, part-time job. And I think that tells us a lot about David's heart for God and the sheep. He didn't say, well, listen, I'm king now, and I don't do sheep anymore. He kept with the sheep. David's seminary was out there with the sheep. This is where David learned God. Did you hear me? This is where David learned God. This is where David pondered the things of God. This is where David wrote, the heavens declare the glory of God and the firmament shows his handiwork. Day unto day, utter speech and night unto night reveals knowledge. There's no speech nor language where the voice of God is not heard. And their line has gone out through all the earth and their words to the ends of the world. This is where David said, Psalm 8, O Lord, our Lord, how excellent is your name in all the earth. When I consider the heavens and the work of your fingers and the moon and the stars, which you have ordained, what is man that you are mindful of him and the son of man that you would even take the time to visit him? Psalm 8, you should read it. Psalm 9, David, his seminary is with the sheep. I will praise you, O Lord, with my whole heart and tell of your marvelous works. I'll be glad and rejoice in you. When my enemies turn back, they shall fall at your presence. Psalm 15. David learned all this out there in the sheep. Y'all get me with that? Who may abide in the tabernacle and who will dwell in the holy hill? Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. 
I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Psalm 24, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. Psalm 27, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? Psalm 34, I will bless the Lord at all times, and his praise shall continually beware in my mouth. Psalm 37, do not fret because of evildoers, nor be envious of workers of iniquity. Psalm 97, the Lord reigns, let all the earth rejoice, and let the multitude be glad. Listen, out with the sheep, David learned all that. And that's where he wrote all that. And that was David's seminary. It was out there in the field that David learned his God was a living God. He hears God's voice in the morning before he rises. He hears God's voice before he lays down at night. He hears God's voice when he hears a lamb bleeding. He sees a lion with a lamb in his mouth. And 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8 tells us to be sober and to be vigilant. Because the adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour, that would be us. Satan many times has us as lambs in his mouth, but Jesus hears God's voice and delivers us every time. Right? So what sets David aside from everyone else? David had a horizontal connection with God. That is the one thing that set David, are y'all listening? That is the one thing that set David aside from everybody else. He had a horizontal connection with God. David has, or is this horizontal? It's vertical. Y'all know what I'm saying. He He had a vertical connection with God. Yes, preach, Pastor, preach. I get a mix. I haven't mixed mixed them up. 53 years almost, I haven't mixed them up. Vertical? Horizontal. Well, why didn't y'all tell me? David, as I said in a very spiritual demeanor, David had a vertical connection with God, not so much a horizontal connection with God. Right? Okay. And you'll notice the words that's coming out of David's mouth over and over and over in this text. The living God. The living God. Why? Because he had a vertical connection with God. Right? Okay. In our text, David had returned from Saul and feeding the sheep. Meanwhile, verse 16, look at it. The Philistines drew closer and closer every day. And notice the Bible says they presented themselves every day. You know, that's just like the giants in our lives, isn't it? They say, oh, good morning, and then they slap you in your face. Every day. Y'all know what I'm talking about. They did this for 40 days. Well, verse 17 tells us, notice, and you might want to write this in in your margins, this is the providential hand of God. The providential hand of God poking Jesse at just the right time. Jesse said, David, I need you to be sure that my boys stay in good health and in good standing with the officer. So take these 10 cheeses and this organic whole wheat bread from Whole Foods You don't know. And give it to your brothers 
and the commander of the army. And while you're down there, check on your brothers and see how they're doing. Look at verse 18 and come back and let me know. So at this point, they're fighting with the Philistines in verse 19. And y'all tracking with me? And, and they're fighting with the Philistines. And when they say that they're fighting with the Philistines, it doesn't mean that they're going hand to hand. It means that they're going back and forth with words. Like, I dare you to come down from the high ground. No, you first. No, you first. No, you guys come first. When you guys come, then we'll come. I dare you. So they're going back and forth fighting. Verse 20 tells us, so David rose up early in the morning and he left the sheep with a sheep keeper and went and did what his dad told him to do. Good son. This day started like any other day for David. He got up and did what his dad told him to do. And meanwhile, both armies are getting things together and ready to fight. Look at verse 22. David left his supplies in the hands of a supply guy and came into the army and greeted his brother. Dave, brothers, David obviously knew where they were and where they were camped, where the camp of Judah was, because in a battle, listen, did you know this? That Judah, in a battle, in formation, would always camp out in the front. That's how David knew where they were. Remember, there were thousands of men there. And armies in ranks. But David knew where to find them because Judah always camped in the front. That's how David was able to find them. He went straight to the front. He found his brothers. He's talking to his brothers in verse 23. And all of a sudden, David hears crunch, crunch, crunch. David hears these guys walking on the battlefield, and David turns around, looks up, and verse 24, all the other guys said, I'm out. <laughs> In Hebrew, verse 25, the men, of Israel, <laughs> the men of Israel asked David, have you seen this guy who has, watch this, come up, read the Bible, has come up. It seems that Goliath is starting to walk up the other side of the mountain for uh, Israel. David said, no, I haven't seen him because David only sees one giant. David sees Jehovah. Then they tell David that the king has offered an incentive package. <laughs> to anyone who kills Goliath, I'll give money and his daughter. Wow, that says a lot about his daughter, doesn't it? He's trying to get her out the house. Saul's probably thinking only a giant killer can handle my daughter. Saul, Saul, I had a great time in this chapter. I had a great time. Saul also promised to put the household who fought the giant in a tax-exempt status. This is a great deal. In verse 26, I don't know, maybe not so much the daughter. I don't know. Well, verse 26, David is shocked that the motivation for killing the man who is mocking the God of Israel is tax exemption. In verse 26, I love it, David said, who is this uncircumcised Philistine who defies the armies of the living God? Or who is this one who is outside of the covenant? Who is this one who opposes all that God stands for? Who is this trespasser? Point number three, look at verse 28. Let's read a little bit more. Now, Eliab, y'all getting anything? Now, Eliab, his oldest brother, heard when he spoke to them, to the men, and Eliab's anger was aroused against David, and he said, why did you come down here? And with whom have you left those few sheep in the wilderness? That sounds a little 
But you left those few sheep in the world. Like, you wasn't really doing nothing. I know your pride and your insolence of your heart. Really? How you know? For you have come down to see the battle. And David said, what have I done now? I like that. What have I done now? (laughs) Is there not a cause? And then he turned from him toward another and said the same thing. And these people answered him as the first ones did. Now, when the words which David spoke were heard, they reported them to Saul and he sent for him. And then David said to Saul, let no man's heart fail because of him. Your servant will go and fight with this Philistine. And Saul said to David, you're not able to go against the Philistines to fight with him, for you are a youth and he is a man of war from his youth. But David said to Saul, your servant used to keep his father's sheep. And when a lion or a bear came and took a lamb out of the flock, I went out after it and I struck it and I delivered the lamb from out of its mouth. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch in Calvary Chapel, Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light. Let me be a salt.